0: this morning, please, to John chapter 1, and to be quite honest, we ended our Christmas carol series last week, or at least I thought we did, that was the plan, but I'd like to break the plan, and and if you'd allow me add just one more carol uh, to this series as we're thinking about communion and we just came through Christmas, I guess we could consider this a Christmas carol, though... It's not as well known as many other Christmas carols. In fact, I really didn't know the song until this past week. And it's not with the other Christmas carols in our hymnal. Uh, but it begins with a reminder of the birth of our Lord Jesus. And it talks about communion. And so in those regards, I think we could consider it safely, a Christmas carol. So I'd ask you to find John chapter 1. I'd also to ask you to open your hymnal. It's number 367. And we're going to read the hymn. We're not going to sing it today. We're going to read it together because it is a new one to many of us. And uh, when I'm going to introduce a new hymn to the congregation, I usually have the choir work on it. And so that way when we come to sing it as a congregation, I've got a group ready to help lead it uh, with me. We didn't do that this time. We're just going to read it. Uh, what we've been doing throughout the month of December... As we've been taking various Christmas carols, looking at them, and then letting them drive us to the Scripture to learn truth. And today, uh, the carol we're thinking about, the song we're thinking about, is As We Gather Around the Table. Now, the choir has already led us uh, in one communion hymn, and now we're going to add a second. And what I want us to do with number 367 here, if you have it, is I want us to read it aloud together. And then we're going to look at the Word and, and be reminded of some things here. Uh, But you notice this one is not nearly as old uh, as a lot of the ones that uh, we have been looking at this month. In fact, uh, as far as I know, this author is still living, and uh, many others were much, much older. But as we gather around the table, I want us to read it out loud uh, in unison today. We'll read verse 1, then 2, then 3, and uh, then take a look in John chapter 1 as we prepare our hearts today today. The Lord's Supper. Would you read with me? You ready? We'll read it, verse 1, 367, as we gather around the table. As we gather around the table of our Lord, we recall his humble birth in Bethlehem. As the angels sang, as the shepherds came, let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember him. As we gather around the table of our Lord, We recall His agony upon the cross. There our Savior died. Alone was crucified. Let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember Him. As we gather around the table of our Lord, we recall the empty tomb where He was laid. He is living still. Our longing hearts to fill. Let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember Him. Isn't that good? The truth there. We start out with the Bethlehem and end with the empty tomb. I think that's one well worth learning. Maybe we can sing it another time during communion. But you know, as I got to thinking about Christmas time, got to thinking about communion, got to thinking about uh, the carols and this particular one, uh, I was reminded of something that's blatantly obvious, but... I really hadn't thought about it much. And that is, if it were not for His first advent, His first coming, there would be no Lord's Supper to celebrate. Uh, If it were not for His first coming, uh, we would not be looking for His second coming. Uh, Literally, it goes back to Bethlehem and His birth, the fact that He came and was Emmanuel, God, with us. Now, the Lord tells us what the Lord's Supper is all about. We're getting ready to celebrate it here in just a few minutes. Here's what the Scripture says concerning the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11. We'll be in John 1 in just a moment. 1 Corinthians 11 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new, tep- new covenant in my blood. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so as we come today, we're coming to do what the Lord told us to do. We're coming to remember Him. That song that we just read together says it very well. It says over and over again these words, Let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember Him. You sing that three times when you sing that song. Let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember Him. And we're here today to remember Him. We're here today to worship Him. We're here today to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And to help us do that, I want to direct your attention for just a few minutes to the Gospel of John, the first chapter. And we're going to consider briefly this morning who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. John chapter 1, uh, familiar verses to many perchance, but let's look at it afresh and anew today. Beginning of verse 1 of John chapter 1, here's what the Bible says John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word. "...and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John." John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after Me is preferred before Me, for He was before Me. And of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Now, beloved, to fully appreciate what the Lord Jesus did in providing salvation upon the cross, it's necessary to understand who He is. In John 1 1, uh, he's called the Word. Jesus is the Word. This morning in Sunday school, the adult classes we study about Jesus is the door. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Here He's referred to as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now in verse 1, it's packed with truth. In fact, we find the eternality of Jesus Christ in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. He is eternal. No beginning, no ending. Yes, He came in the flesh. Yes, He came in the incarnation. But long before then... As God, He's always been, always will be. He's eternal. In the beginning was the Word. We also see the unity there. It says that the Word was with God. Perfect unity within the Godhead. And then we also see, thirdly, the Trinity, or part of the Trinity. And it says, and the Word was God. Now, what do we learn from verse 1? We learn that Jesus was not created... He was there in the beginning. Verse 2 says it this way. He was in the beginning with God. So we know that He was in the beginning and He also is God. Two members of the Trinity mentioned here. God the Father and God the Son. We know that God is one in three persons. That is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Some will say, "Well, preacher, I don't understand that. I can't grasp that. How there can be one God in three persons. Well, beloved, if you can't understand this, just the proof that He's God and we're not. I don't understand it either. But it's the truth. If we could understand everything about God, then He wouldn't be God. But as God, He is one yet in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So long before Bethlehem, there was the Word. There is the Word. And long before there was even a place called Bethlehem or any other place, we find that Jesus, the Word, He was, and it was He who brought about all those places. Did you notice that? If you look at verse 3 of that passage, here's what it says. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Now, it's interesting. Look at John one one. It says, In the beginning... If you go back to Genesis 1, 1, it says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we understand here it says Jesus made everything. And in verse 1 of Genesis 1, it says that God made all things. Well, actually, all three members of the Godhead were involved in creation. Did you know that? If you go back to Genesis 1, here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without, was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So you have God involved in the creation, God the Father. You have the Spirit there, and then here in John it tells us that the the Son, the Word, was involved. In fact, Colossians 1.16 says this about Jesus. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible. Well, the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And so we understand the Word, the Lord Jesus, is the Creator. And not only did He create all things, He created us. And He gave us life. In fact, look there again in John chapter 1 verse 4. It says, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. That is, He gave us physical life. The reason that you're alive today, the reason that you're here today, the reason that you have life and you're breathing and your heart is is pumping and your lungs are functioning is because Jesus gave you life. But not only that, He not only gives physical life, He's the one who gives spiritual life, eternal life. Only found through the Lord Jesus. Reminded again this morning in Sunday school. You see, the word Jesus, He stepped out of glory into this dark world. He was the light. In fact, did you notice the Christmas portion of John 1? Look at John chapter 1, verse 14. You see Christmas. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John here writing says, We beheld His glory the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of course, they saw His moral glory as God. We know that He he hid lots of His glory, but there was even a time where John and others saw Him on the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw some of His glory displayed. But He says, here He is, the Word. He, He became flesh. He dwelt among us. But the sad thing is, is to look and notice that it says, In verses 10 and 11, this. He was in the world, that is His world, the world He created. And the world was made through Him. And the world did not know Him. He came to His own. And His own did not receive Him. Instead, they cried out, what? Crucify Him. Crucify Him. But don't stop reading there because there's a... Glorious verse coming next. The very next word in verse 12 is but. I'm thankful it's there. But! He came to the world. The world didn't know Him. He came to His own. His own didn't receive Him. But! Look at verse 12. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Now I want to ask you today, friend, have you received Him? Have you believed on Him? Some might be thinking, well, my family, they're Christians. We uh, went to church growing up and, and my parents were Christians and my grandparents were Christians and they've always been Christians, so that makes me a Christian. Or others might be thinking, well, you know, I try to live a good life and I, I'm a good person and I have an idea that at the end, when I stand before God, it's going to have a great giant scale in heaven. I'll put all my good works on one side and all, all my bad things on the other. and Hopefully my good outweigh my bad and I'll make it. Well, if that's what you're thinking, any of those things, look at verse 13. The Bible says in John 1 verse 13, "...who were born," that is, born again, not of blood. So your family ties aren't going to get you there. "...nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." That is, beloved, you can only be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you, personally, must repent of your sin and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you're under condemnation without Him. Look at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. What does that law do? That law is perfect. That law, it is condemning, is it not? Because it shows us we fall so short of God's glory. But you see, the Bible tells us that law was not given as a means of salvation because we can't keep the law. We've broken the law. It was given as a schoolmaster, as a guide to get us to the one who kept that law, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 17 again. For the law was given through Moses, but grace... See, the law, that's not grace. It's the law. It's condemning. You're condemned. That's not grace. It's the law. The law is perfect. Nothing wrong with the law. The problem's with us. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. said, so, beloved, if you're trusting anything or anyone other than Christ today, you're lost. You're undone. But you can have eternal life. Why? Because he says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You know, the adult Sunday school lesson, I hate to keep going back to that, but it was my turn to teach, so I stayed a little closer. Uh, and here's what was really striking to me. Remember, said in the portion where it talks about that, that He knows you and you know Him. He knows your name. He is a personal Savior. He's one who knows us. And He wants to have a relationship with you. See, Christianity is not a religion. There are many religions in the world. You don't need religion. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it could be yours today. And I invite you to come to Him. Now, beloved, the ordinance we're about to celebrate reminds us of the price that He paid. The bread that we're going to be taking today is a picture, a reminder of His body which He says was broken for us. They didn't take His life from I mean, Him. He gave it voluntarily. He laid down His life upon that cross. He endured the beating. He endured this mockery. He endured the shame. He endured all that. Took our sin upon him, His own body. And that reminds us as we eat that bread of the body of the Lord Jesus. The juice that we're about to drink It's a picture of His precious blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He shed His blood for us. Without the blood, we'd be lost today. The Lord's Supper is for believers. For those who are children of God. For those who know Him. If you don't know Him, don't take of these elements. But for those of us who know Him, we eat this today, we eat it with reverence. We eat with awe. But yet at the same time, it's, it's mingled, isn't it? We eat also with joy and adoration. Because we realize that He instituted this and, and He planned this. And he, He's the one that says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to eat and I want you to drink. Remembering Me. And as often as you do this, you do it. Looking forward to My coming again. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just show the Lord's death till He comes. Because He's coming again. And again, it's reminders. I was thinking about it this past week, if it were not for His first advent, there would not be a second advent. If it were not for His first coming, there would not be a second coming. Praise the Lord that He chose to come. And so we eat today as an act of worship. We eat today with grateful hearts. Realizing we're not worthy of the Lord. But He has made us fit. Because we now stand in His Righteousness. And so we do all this remembering Him. And so as we do this today, I remind you again of what that song says. As we gather around the table of our Lord, we recall the empty tomb where He was laid. He is living still, our longing hearts to fill. Let us adore and worship the Lord. Let us remember Him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment? (coughs) Nobody looking around. Do you know Him today? Do you know Him today? Has there been a time in your life where you have repented of your sin? You've turned from your sin and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If not, friend, He's waiting for you. He desires to give you forgiveness and pardon and new life. And He will do that. If you'll come to him today. As the scripture said. As we read in John 1.12. But as many as received him. That includes you. He gives the right. To be made a child of God. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you'd like to meet the Lord Jesus today. We're going to sing a song here in just a moment. When we do that. I want you to step out from where you are. And come meet me here. You say what will happen preacher. I'm going to put you with somebody. Who loves Jesus and loves you. They'll take a Bible and share Christ with you. And lead you to him. Very simple. So if you want to meet Christ, you just step out where you are. Come and say, preacher, I want to meet Jesus. And I'll place you with somebody who loves Jesus and loves you and will lead you to Him. Now Christian, we should never eat the Lord's Supper without first pausing and examining ourselves and making sure that there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. There's nothing in our lives that shouldn't be there right now. It's a time of cleansing. It's a time of... Reflection, it's a time of renewal. It's a time of making sure that our hearts are right before Him. And so I want to give you a moment before I pray to do that. And if you'd like, we'd also invite you to the altar before we have the Lord's Supper. If you'd like to come and talk with the Lord about anything. I me to give you just a moment now to talk with Him as well. And make sure, examine your heart. Prepare your heart for the Lord's Supper. And now, Father, as we prepare to have this hymn of invitation and then celebrate the Lord's Supper, I pray that if anybody here today does not know Jesus Christ, that you'd help them during this song to step out and allow us to share the gospel with them. What a joy that would be to see people coming to Christ. We know that's your desire. You told us in your word clearly you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And now, Father, I pray for those believers that you'd help us as we're searching our hearts. Your Holy Spirit would have his willing way in our lives. If he puts his finger on anything, we would confess it, repent it, of it, and forsake it. Bless this invitation. Bless this Lord's Supper celebration. Your will be done now. Holy Spirit, have your will and way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning's 121. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy earthly crown when thou camest to earth for me. Goes right along with John chapter 1 here. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. And as we sing today... You need to come to Jesus. We invite you to do that. You want to come and pray and get your heart prepared as we celebrate in a few minutes? We invite you to do that, believer. We're going to stand and sing some of this and then we'll transition into the Lord's Supper celebration proper. Would you stand as we sing this closing hymn? The invitation is clear, I hope. The altar is open, 121.